Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. And uh, my guest today is Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. And we're, we're going to do what will become part six of a multiple, a series of interviews on the topic gravity, support, and freedom, and the Alexander Technique. And for this uh, for this podcast, Imogen's going to interview me, uh, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Imogen. Okay, great, Robert. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> nice to be here. Um, well, I'm interested in some of the new little explorations um, that you've been working on, but could you start with giving our listeners um, a very short description of the Alexander Technique? Well, I think for for the purposes of this podcast, it's really about how we humans function living on the surface of the earth subject to the forces that we are subject to, in particular gravity and the upward push of the earth on us, not to mention uh, light and heat. So we, we are subject to a bunch of forces, and how do we deal with them? How do we organize ourselves to make the best use of them? Okay. Um, Feel free to add to that. Yeah. Um, so I'm just thinking about the forces you mentioned already. Um, we have a lot of information about that in the previous podcasts. But is there anything you want to say just to kind of briefly put it in context or make a brief explanation for people or maybe you did that already um well i think i think it's um i think the two major forces that we've been talking about are gravity and support a gr- gravity is a force that att- uh, attractive force between any two objects and we on the surface of the earth are being drawn by the earth right to its center and um but we're not at the center and that's because there's a force from the surface of the earth uh, that tends to push us back up again now the luckily de- yeah very very luckily um and th- those those two forces uh it, um, I mean, they they are the two main ones that I think we will be talking about. Right. But it's important to understand that things like atmospheric pressure uh, is a direct product of gravity, and no gravity, no atmosphere, and of course, mm-hmm. no us. Uh, so it includes quite a bit of stuff that we are are. Um, um, there's quite a bit of the world in which we live. And what we've been talking about in all these previous episodes is how can you, uh, knowing how these forces work, how can you make the best use of them? Yeah, and how does that help us? How yes. does it help us to know that? And the main vehicle that we've been using to explore that are Alexander Technique directions. And in particular... The, the particular type of directions that we've been focusing on are what are called freedom directions. And there's quite a bit of material on that elsewhere. But they those directions seem to be the 
the most useful to use in terms of utilizing the forces that we we live within. Do you want to give a simple example of a freedom sure. direction that you know uses these forces, <laughs> so to speak? Yeah, um, a, a very simple example would be I'm free to receive the downward pull of gravity. Or perhaps a part of me is free to receive the downward pull of gravity, like my head. Mm -hmm. My head's free to receive the downward pull of gravity, uh, which is the forward of forward and up in a more in a more traditional Alexander Technique mm. formulation. Or um, I'm free to receive the support of the earth or whatever surface I'm on. Mm -hmm. Or some part of me is free to receive uh, that. My head, for example, and that would be the up of forward and up. So the, these for, the in, focusing on these forces can very easily take you back to classic Alexander Technique directions, um, but they, um, I believe, they are in a way more effective and more powerful. It seems to me that two things um, maybe make it more helpful than um, the traditional direction, mm -hmm. which is what we're after, but in an indirect way, I guess. Um, so so with the focus being on the forces, gravity or support, rather than our head going forward and up, we're less likely to do something to create that we're, we're yes. relying on these forces to do it but also the manner in which we're directing that using these freedom direction i am free to receive accept whatever um is another step in that direction too it's 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 giving that as a possibility for us rather than yes uh, um, something yeah. that we're going to try and do Right, and um, the, there one advantage, for example, in in a direction like my head is free to receive the the pull of gravity, downward pull of gravity, and or the upward um, push of the Earth. It's very hard to uh, mess that up um, to to try to manipulate it in some way. You're really just putting this idea out there, and you're leaving it to who knows what lower level systems in your brain and body to take care of it. And so the, te the temptation with Alexander direction sometimes is to subtly or not so subtly imp implement <laughs> right. them. And oh, some yeah. of these directions are really pretty non-implementable as far as I can see. Right. Or very tricky too, mm -hmm. and, and, which is a good thing. Yes. So that's, yeah. that's the framework in which we're, we're talking Yes, so I wanted to ask you um, about what you've been exploring next in what we're kind of calling, in quotes, the uh, everything else process. The everything else process. And, and um, actually, I have to give credit to my colleague, uh, John Macy, who's an Alexander Technique teacher and phys physical therapist and Pilates instructor in Omaha, Nebraska. And he came up with what we, we're kind of tentative, tentatively calling the everything else direction. And let me give you an example. It, it, there's, there, 
we haven't. This hasn't been formulated into any um, highly organized system yet. Right. So it's very much something you could, you the listener, could experiment with. But let's let's say the if if a direction you might use is I'm free to receive the 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 pull of gravity and the support of the Earth. You could you could instead of and that would be fine. But an an alternative might be before you even used that direction, you might just do a little scan of yourself, and if there seemed like there were some part of you that was a little compressed, or maybe there's pain there, or discomfort, or doesn't seem to be working quite as well as the rest of you, you could label that part. Let's say it was your your neck. For example, maybe I'm feeling my neck's a little tight. So I could create a little imaginary bubble around my neck to kind of temporarily separate it from the rest of me. And I could say, well, everything, all the rest of me is free. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's a little different than just starting out with saying I'm free. Right, and I know you've experimented with that quite a bit. Well, um, as you know, I sort of um, you took it a step further. When you said um, everything, uh, it's not except the neck, but not particularly not focusing on the neck. So everything outside the bubble uh, was free. I took to mean not only me, but everything. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and that was the ne- that was um, gone- that would have been the next step. It was actually very, very, yeah. very helpful. Yeah. yeah. So so just the um, the original way John and I were exploring it was you create a little bubble around the part of you that you 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 think maybe isn't quite doing its thing properly, and you say, well, the rest of me is free. And then you might then say, well, not only is the rest of me free, but everything outside my skin is free as well. And um, that, uh, when people do that, uh, they have some pretty interesting experiences. Now, what that means, I can't really say, but um, your approach was just to bypass the the rest of me is free and just everything outside the bubble, mm-hmm. including the rest of me and everything outside of me is free. And yeah. for reasons that I don't fully understand, I could speculate a bit, that does seem to be in, often a more powerful, uh, pr- create a more uh, dramatic change for the better. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've played with this direction a bit when I've been running shock horror oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you run a, um although it's actually been nearly a year now on and off but um but um there's something about as i run if i'm thinking everything outside of me is free or outside my skin something somehow saying that outside my skin it seems to help me have something to expand into yeah um, yeah but that's sort of that's sort of my internal experience but it, it it's it, it's nice <laughs> yeah and i i i urge listeners to exp- experiment with this on their own because there, there, 
um, there are undoubtedly improvements and new developments that could be made in this. Um, one thing about a sort of a possible explanation of why uh, having the bubble, as it were, around the area that seems a little tense or mm -hmm. tight, is that um, maybe what's going on is that that area is where you're sensing the discomfort, but the discomfort may be mainly caused by everything yeah. impinging on it somehow. And right. why why not go for that first? It's kind of, it, there is a temptation to think, well, if I feel pain somewhere, the problem's where the pain is. But in with the human body, the, pro the problem could be much more global, and the point where the pain is might be just some poor part of your anatomy that happened to be the weak link in the system. Right, exactly. You know, it, it's, I, yeah. I think the other um, uh, common thing is, like, for instance, if my, ne if my neck is feeling tight on one side, Yes, I can think nice thoughts about freeing it, etc. Um, but I, I've also got that very human tendency to try and fix that neck to, you know, even though that's not, as an Alexander teacher, that's not what I want. It's sort of, sort of still in there somewhere. I mean, the point of me directing to that area is because I want to. But, but being outside the bubble takes away that temptation. I think to, so. Yeah, I think it makes it hard it hard for you to succumb to it. Yeah. Yeah, and you could use that kind of everything else approach with very general freedom directions like mm -hmm. I'm free or you could use it in terms of the gravity and support directions. Um you know, the everything else is free to receive the pull of gravity and the support and the upward push of the earth. Um I would I would just basically encourage listeners to explore that and yeah. and you can always then morph back into well everything's free you know yeah. you could include the neck or whatever right. whatever part you've you've uh, sort of temporarily detached from w where you are directing right so, and i think when i've played with it i've kind of got like thinking everything outside of me free and then i am free within everything else that is free and yeah it's, i think it's, there's no end to to yeah. possible explorations and the the other thing is that we've talked about a certain part of your your body but you could also think in terms of a function of your body in particular breathing Let's say you you have a, a sense that maybe your breathing's a little restricted, and breathing takes place in a certain general area of your body, upper, mid to upper, torso uh, region. You could just you could make that the thing that you're excluding, that function, as it were. Mm -hmm. You've you've put that out there as what you're sort of um, you're selecting for temporary uh, exclusion, as it were. Mm -hmm. Everything else is free, including everything outside of me. And then I find that if that can be much more effective than just saying, hey, my breathing is free, which is pretty effective. It's mm -hmm. not like it's not a useful direction. But I would explore doing, trying one, and then trying the other and see what happens. You, might, think, you might be shocked. What do you think? I, I think sometimes... 
Um, it's just useful to just try different ways of expressing directions because we get into who habits or expectations of a direction. Yeah, however absolutely. good it is, and then that sort of defeats it. So, having new or different ways that we can choose to direct helps get out of it being so. You know, getting out of that habit around it, or well, expect- you, you well, it's not you, so much habit; it's also an expectation. It could be but, an yeah. expectation, or it could become kind of a rote process. Right. That's sort of what I mean. Um, that I and I, I, what I tell all my students is, the more possible directions you have available, the better off you you are. You can just dip into that basket anytime mm-hmm. you want, and you should probably have two or three kind of go-to directions that you can use if you don't have the mental energy at the moment to decide to what's a good thing. one. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the, a, a huge variety is, I think, an excellent thing to have available for anyone who's working on themselves. So with as the, we're talking about variety... We're going to switch to a completely different thing. You have a, 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 another a new way of... I guess it's directing or focusing our awareness. Um, yeah. So why don't you tell us about that and how that ties in? With well, the- this is a, 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 again a product. Uh, this is a product of one of my students, Brian uh, Todd, mm-hmm. who is um, it's been a student for I guess about six or seven months now, um, and um, he. He's been doing a lot of experimenting with directions himself, and he's come up with two directions that I think are quite quite interesting. I do think that they require a little bit of understanding of how gravity works on us, where mm-hmm. our center of gravity is, and how gravity tends to pull that to towards the center of the Earth, and how the surface of the Earth, which we distort by standing on it or sitting on it tends to want to undo that distortion and push us back up. But his, his, uh, they're not, they're almost not really directions. They're questions. And the first, I guess they're directions in question form. They're directions in (laughs) question form. And they're, they're just two of them. Um, I mean, I'm sure people could think of others, but the first one is where is gravity? And just ask yourself that. Where is it? Mm-hmm. And another question, and this one I think is is incredibly useful for some people. Where is my support? Yes. And where I've... is it? And you'd be amazed at how many people have no idea of what's actually supporting them, particularly if they're sitting in a chair or something, you know. Even standing, people a lot of people don't actually think of the earth as supporting them or the floor or whatever. Right, right. So, um, I played with both of these and I found them very useful. But especially, I think I told you about this. I was um, in a yoga class last week. And, of course, in a yoga class, you put your body in quite different um, configurations <laughs> from <Yes. laughs> from just standing um, and the the question where is my support was really helpful in me feeling more balanced and um, using less effort mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. in that in a good way um, to be in that posture um, very interesting 
Um, and 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 here's a a little a side version. I don't know whether you've experimented with this or not, but let's say you're sitting in a chair and you're using the backrest of the chair, and you just say, "Well, what's supporting my back? Where is my back's support?" Perhaps would be a better way to put I'll it. I'll have to do that another time yeah. as I'm sitting on a stool right now. Yeah. But I, what I find yeah. is I immediately get a little upward direction through through my back through my back mm-hmm. from the chair because that is the direction of the support even though it's convoluted because part of you is sitting on the surface of the chair and your feet are on the ground and so on but that's something yes listeners might want to explore. yeah I, I like that a lot and i think there's something about the question which like the freedom direction um, it's a question, so you can't do a question. Exactly. That, <laughs> that I think, is a very powerful aspect of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 the combination of the question and what the question is about, obviously, right, right. Yeah, is it, uh, quite useful. But I would say if, if, you, if you, someone listening tries this and um, doesn't seem to get much from it, you, it would probably be helpful to go back to earlier podcasts where we talk about the actual mechan- the mechanisms underlying gravity and support. Yeah, so, I do think it's helpful to know that. It's sort of because my body knew how to interpret those questions appropriately. Yeah, it's not... Um, support is not some vague uh, concept. It's, um, it's actually b- based on on physics and... Um, what's called the strong force in physics. There are there are four major fundamental forces in the in the universe, uh, two of which are gravity, which we talked about mm-hmm. some, and the strong force, and they are real things. They um, and they have a direct impact on us. So as you've started on the physics route yes um um maybe my, my really the kind of last question main question i have for you is about newton's third law and how that newton. plays yeah. into all of this sir isaac newton mm-hmm. a, a countryman of yours um oh, yes. seven, 17th century i got that wrong in an earlier interview mm-hmm. um he discovered uh, gravity, or yeah, he discovered it in 1666, as it turns out, and published his findings in 1686. Oh, wow. so all well, the data now. Yeah, <laughs> I got the I got the numbers now. Uh, so Newton's third law is that every force produces an equal and opposite. Uh, what is it? For every for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier, when when we first put out these ideas of gravity tending to pull us down to the center of the Earth, and the support of the surface of the Earth pushing us up, mm-hmm. a number of people interpreted that as um, just Newton's third law, and uh, I think they're mistaken. Um, I think Newton's third law would say gra- uh, gravity is pulling us, the earth is attracting us and pulling us to the center of the earth. And the equal and opposite force is that we are attracting the earth to us. So that leaves that, so the, there, and they're exactly equal and opposite. 
Now the support part of this, like this pressure that we put down on the earth, which causes the earth to push back against us, um, that, uh, that upward force from the earth is exactly matched by an equal and opposite distortion in our foot or whatever part of us is in contact with it. Mm -hmm. So that we distort the earth but when you put your foot down on the earth, it gets distorted too. It gets pushed, yeah. And it's it's a very different, uh, because the earth in general, we're w walking or standing on surfaces that are much harder than our flesh is. Um, the earth doesn't get distorted as much as our foot does in terms of sort of visible effects. But Unless you're in the mud. <laughs> if you're, well, yeah, absolutely. If you're in mud, and that's why walking in mud is such a so very, or sand, you know, that becomes a very different experience. But the point is there are two equal and opposite forces going on there as well. So it's rather than one being the opposite of the other, they've both got an they equal and opposite. Got. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, I think you can you could say that's sort of... Um, uh, a version of Newton's third law, but th we have to bear in mind that Newton was was writing, was doing his work in the 17th century. He had no idea of the physics of the, of the strong force that right. holds that that holds atoms together and so on. So, um, and but the, from what you're saying, it seems to apply. It does apply, absolutely. But then the question is, well, why should we function? Why should we focus on the pull of the Earth and the push of the Earth, as opposed to our effects on the Earth? And I think the reason, um, it, or, or let's say the Earth's effects on us, like the Earth. Um, uh, let me take uh, how. So the question is, if we're if we want to direct ourselves, mm -hmm. it's not going to be terribly useful to say the Earth is free to draw us towards it, because we don't really have any control over the Earth. But if we say we're free to receive the pull of the Earth, that that will influence how our bodies are organized very quickly right. and very directly yeah. mm -hmm. similar similarly um if we uh we're free to receive the support of the earth that's something that will affect us if we say the earth is free to receive our counterforce um <laughs> you know the earth, a <laughs> it's, it's a little the earth's just going to shrug its shoulders and say well good luck with that you know so it, it's I think I just think from a sort of a technical point of view it's important to be clear that the the equal and opposite of gravity and support is not actually a manifestation of Newton's third law. It's it's you know, it's in the same ballpark but it's not the same thing. Right. Okay. And that's all. That I just wanted to get that off my chest and that's, really, that's really all Good. i've got Excellent. to say okay so that was just going to ask you is there anything else related to any of this not right to... now but i would love to hear from people who experiment with this and um i i could foresee additional additional podcasts because i th i think one of the things about freedom directions and using and and and, and using them to um 
to relate to how we how we uh, how we receive the forces of nature, I think that's a very open-ended topic. I think it's yeah. possible for for anyone to come up with some exciting new development in that, and that's what I would love to see. Right? Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Um, so I'm going to hand back over to you to to I guess close us out, <laughs> so okay. to speak, Robert. Thank yeah. you. Well, Very and yeah, my and my guest and interviewer today has been Imogen Ragone who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Wilmington, Delaware. And I'll be putting links to her uh, website, my website, um, what, uh, all the other relevant ones. And um, I invite you, the listener, to do some self-exploration around this stuff. Oh, thanks so much, Imogen. Okay, great, thank you.